Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Oh, hi. If you like this show, will you leave a review for it wherever you listen to podcasts? You don't even have to write anything. Just some stars will do. It's one of the most effective ways to spread the word about us and one of the most meaningful ways to show your support for what we do. We are so grateful. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thingortwohq.com and sign up for Secret Menu. That will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. This episode... This episode... Brought to you in partnership with... Jubilance! Did you like, did you think that that was tonally right? I thought it was tonally right. I thought for an unrehearsed collab, we nailed it. Thank you so much. You have probably heard us talk about Jubilance because we've been doing some ad reads for them. We are deeply enthusiastic about this company and this product. So it is the most advanced scientific PMS mood relief supplement. In the past couple- Most advanced. Most advanced. In the past, I want to say year, maybe to two years, we've gotten pitched on a number of these. Yeah. PMS related products. Yeah, like to, seed to, cycling, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, et cetera. things to basically help manage the various side effects of your menstrual cycle, chiefly the moods that come with PMS. Chiefly being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. This one is great. I have been using it for a couple of months now. I have absolutely noticed a difference. I don't want to pat myself on the back for not being a monster, <laughs> but this, no, that's fair. this that's fair. past most recent cycle, I really felt like I was perfectly pleasant in the week leading up to menstruation and monsters ain't just Sully and Mike and not Claire anymore. <laughs> That's correct. Although yes, that is correct. Although wait, because Cam really does want to do a monsters Inc. family costume this Halloween. So hard to say. If so I, you, you might still be quit my post. <laughs> so I might still be in monsters Inc., but it's not going to be dictated by my menstrual cycle. It's going to be dictated by my son. And so jubilance. Okay. It's supplements. You take them once a day, every day, makes your PMS less insane. You're not taking them as a response to symptoms. You're taking them the whole time, the which whole means that you're not like, am I being grouchy? And should I take this thing? Right. You're just like taking the thing. You're taking the thing. I just take it with the other things that I take, the magnesium and the Nutrafol. The Nutrafol. <laughs> exactly. All right. So you can get jubilance for $10 off by visiting jubilance.com slash a thing or two, or use the coupon code a thing or two at checkout. 
That's J-U-B-I-L-A-N-C-E dot com slash a thing or two. So today we are talking about some PMS and period stuff. And, and then moods, joy. And then joy. Yeah. Both, Both sides, sides of, the, of coin. the coin. Both sides of the coin. I would like to kick off this discussion of menstruation <laughs> by telling you about one of my favorite period related pieces of content that I've encountered. It was a TikTok surprise. I feel like you saved it. And then like on a Monday, we're like, mm-hmm. I must show you this immediately. <laughs> yes, yeah. I did. <laughs> the name of the TikTok is Taylor Swift albums as period flows part two. And then blood drop emoji. Uh, um, I haven't seen part one. I just like knowing that part one exists and that the person who created this was like one TikTok is not enough. There are a lot of albums. There are. It's true. Hello. Obviously, this one is prolific. Yeah. (laughs) So the visual, if you needed anything beyond just the genius title of this, it's a menstrual pad like you see in a commercial commercial with a hand pouring blood or like dripping blood onto the pad. It's red in color, correct? Yes, it's red in color. Because we're because we're being real about this. That's where we are now. Yeah, Uh yeah, yeah. Finally. And the volume of blood, the pacing of blood, the shape the type of, the of blood, pour, the type, the type of, pour, of pour, it is all shaped. It is all <laughs> determined by the vibe of each album. The background music is Enchanted, a Taylor Swift classic. <laughs> to give you a sense of how this goes, Lover, the blood flow is in the shape of a heart. Reputation is a very heavy flow. Folklore is a sort of medium flow poured very simply I, to me, it's peak TikTok. It's like everything. It's perfect. It's absurd. Well, because it's Taylor and women's issues and like weird comedy that kind of makes no sense, but makes all the sense. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The yeah, best yeah, yeah. thing, as is often the case, the best part of this content is the commenters. And the best comment was the person who just wrote, folklore is free bleeding, actually. <laughs> Which correct. That person is absolutely correct. <laughs> It makes no sense. It's it's completely absurd and I love it. And it did bring to mind, though, the fact that for the longest time there was the, the blue liquid. There was the blue liquid. Until, friends, 2020, God's year 2020, Kotex got lots of praise, huge praise yeah. for switching to red liquid instead of blue liquid. Apparently in the UK, this company Bodyform in 2017 did it um, to normalize period blood. It, this is crazy. It's insane. We're, well, the wait, we're talking about was, two to th- or three to five years ago. Yeah. When you dug this up I, in my head, I said to you, I was like, I, I know that this happened before 2020. I really kind of remember. You're like, I'm convinced. Story. I, was I like, am I convinced. So yeah. I did some digging. And what I found was, of course, you were right. This didn't happen until 2020. Well, what the I internet was, was right. That's <laughs> right. I, I bear no responsibility. The the big to-do that I was remembering happened in 2011 when Always got a ton of credit for showing a red dot. Like, like, tiny, like a like you a are circle. here dot. Like yes. on a map, like a you are here. It was on a a like illustration of a pad. Yeah. And it was like a maze where the red dot couldn't get out because that's how good the yeah. pad was. That was the marketing. And it was just a very clinical little red dot. But because it was red, it was deemed a historical advertising move in the article I read about it. Tip of your pinky finger size is what we're <laughs> talking about here. Tip of your pinky. I, the Atlantic wrote about the Kotex uh, event and said, color isn't the only menstrual taboo in advertising. In 2010, Kotex was told it couldn't use the word vagina in its ads on three broadcast networks. And down there was also forbidden. Wait, down there? Yeah. Huh? Down there. Which, yeah. 
down there. That feels insane to me. It, okay, this is a real this is a real aside, but it reminds me of the Seinfeld episode about masturbation, mm-hmm. where they called where they would just like couldn't say masturbation, yeah, 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 yeah. so they would say like master of your own domain, oh, right, right. and like got <laughs> yes. away with all yeah. of that in an uh-huh. episode that was clearly about masturbation. But down yeah. there, yeah, was, they couldn't say. Okay, do you know what I? I'm obviously very familiar with that episode. It never occurred to me until right now that master of your domain was linguistically tied to masturbation. <laughs> the Seinfeld one that I always love is that her name, the, guy, the one where he can't, Jerry can't remember the name of this woman he's dating, except that the name rhymes with a female body part. And they're all trying to remember her name, but they can't. And that's the only thing he can remember. And at the very last line in the episode, he goes, Dolores. <laughs> so good. Somehow related. Um, Some, somehow work. related. <laughs> Well, it, the thing is, it's just crazy how much periods are still stigmatized. And obviously, there's a lot of work that has been done over the last, like, at least, I mean, over a long period of time, mm-hmm. but especially the last 10 years, and especially when talking to younger girls mm-hmm. about this. But I feel like PMS, we're still, like, a very long ways. I do think you're right that with the period stuff, we've gotten so much better. And there has been so much of a focus of teaching young kids about it. And you see these, like, books and, like, period kits and stuff for young kids. I... Joanna Goddard wrote something recently that was like peak Joanna Goddard content for me and that it was very simple, straightforward and should have been obvious, but was somehow not. She was talking about how it is very important to her. She has two sons and it's very important to her to teach them about periods. And it always has been. And she has never hidden a tampon from them or like been weird about buying tampons own, at a store buying, yeah, or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, period. Yeah. And I don't know why it really struck me as, duh, of course. And of course, and on one hand, of course, you need to teach boys about it, but also just teaching kids in general. Because I remember, it's not that it was hidden from me, or I don't remember my parents being weird about it, but you don't just come right out with it, even though it is this bodily function that happens to everybody. And kids learn about most other bodily functions pretty early on. Of course. Like, I bet your brother and certainly my mm-hmm. brothers did not know when we got our periods. Yeah, for sure. Um, that would have been like a very strange thing if like when I got my first period, yeah. my brothers knew about that. But it's also super strange that this was like a secret, private, that whatever secret thing. At all. I was at a friend's house and I went to grab a tampon for my mm. purse and the, <laughs> their daughter was there. And I remember having the instinct to conceal it so that I didn't have to answer Oh, like slip it in her. your sleeve? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and I was like, no, if this kid asks me what it is, I'm just going to tell her because also her mom's a doctor. I'm like, she probably knows what it is. And she didn't ask me. But I remember having to do that mental math of being like, this is not a weird secretive thing. Yeah, totally. Like, totally. We can teach kids about it. And we can especially teach boys about it. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. I saw Are You There? God, It's Me, Margaret in movie theaters. And obviously the book Are You There? God, It's Me, Margaret is so much about periods mm-hmm. and like... We- I must, I must, I must, I must increase my bus, like the whole thing. But reading is private. Reading is like a thing Mm -hmm. you do on your own. And so you're like learning about it. Yes. But it was such a different experience seeing this story told on a screen in a theater where like at the end you saw the like audience get up and there were so many like nine and 10 year old girls there with their moms and like the little brothers or whatever. And it was like very cute to be like, oh, you all watched all of this content that really does revolve so much about like female experience of puberty. Yeah. It was delightful. Do they talk about PMS in that movie? No. But there's the whole, you know, the best friend, Nancy, like fakes mm-hmm. getting her period. Yes, and yes, like that's, yes, yes. There's yes. just like the chase yeah. to be the first and not be the last. And the, as if that means something. Were and, you, I, I should know this about you. Were you early? You were late. 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 Yeah. 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 I was early and my mom didn't believe me. I called her and I was really? like, oh yeah. I called her after school 
And I was like, there's one in my underpants. And she was just basically, just not that how, she, how she old were you? You were like fifth grade. I was 11, sixth grade, early beginning of sixth grade. So early. So early. And it wasn't that she thought I was lying. She was just like, it must be something else. Like yeah. it's not that. <laughs> Which is a very my mom approach <laughs> to news that she's not prepared for is like, I, you're, it's something else. You're mistaken. First, she was like, I don't think that's what it is. It surely must be something else because she was not prepared for the news. And then was very insistent that I just like go into her medicine cabinet, get a tampon and put the tampon in. And as we have discussed, I was like, put it in where? No, I have no, no sense no, no. of where I, this thing I goes. I mean, no one was, in, no one was telling me to put a tampon in. It was like, just wear this pad. It's just two to three inches thick. It's perfect. What else could you want? Well, my life? best friend, who was obviously the other person that I called immediately and told, who was like the bossy yeah. one of in, in the best friendship was like, no, it is way too early for you to be using a tampon. <laughs> you need to get a pad. And my mother was like, we have OB in this house and that is it. Like you are not, I'm not getting the app. I just the opposite experience. My mom was like, you will use these pads. It's perfect. Why yeah. would you need anything else? And then the friend who was like, no, we're going to go mm. swimming and you're like mm. at the lake and you will learn to use a tampon. Like, or that's that for you. I'm Honestly, not sure. Honestly, I, I like that for you. That feels like an easier, that's, I feel that's what it should be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel that's the correct way. Cause I remember being on the phone with my mom. She's at work. I'm in the powder room of my childhood home being like, I, it hurts. I can't do it. I don't know where it go. Well, how would you know? You were <laughs> yeah. 11. Ridiculous. I didn't know when I was like 13. So yeah. yeah no. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there we go. There we go. <laughs> we made it. To come back to PMS. So according to health.com, PMS symptoms start to worsen in your late 30s as you approach perimenopause and they can get even worse mm -hmm. if you've given birth, have a history of postpartum depression, a history of family depression, or personal history of an affective mood disorder such as uh, depression or bipolar disorder. Okay. Cool. Check, so check, check. cool. Yeah. So, 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 so cool. Cool. And, 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 once your periods stop, PMS mm -hmm. symptoms will stop too. However, some symptoms of menopause can be similar to those of PMS. Thank you so much. <laughs> Remember that time when you and I were on the train and I was so hot and I was like, are you not hot? And you were like, no. And I was like, I'm so dying. dying. And then later that day I'd got my period and I was like, I think I got my period. I think that's why I was so hot. And you, you were like, yeah, I didn't want to ask you if like maybe this was perimenopause coming on. And I was like, thanks for not asking me. Well, I was drenched in sweat on an air conditioned subway train <laughs> because hard to know what it was. Because this is the thing. Hard to know what it was. There's also this romper headline. Do I have PMS or anxiety and depression? It's also connected. And I was like, well, damn. And yeah. if you are having these questions, you should read this. And it's very helpful. And it tells you at what mm -hmm. point to talk to an OBGYN or a psychiatrist or both. But yeah, because Hormones and mental health are mm -hmm. so interconnected in ways that we like still aren't yes. really clear yes. on. It's crazy. It's crazy. I told this story another time we were talking about jubilance, but it, it, I will never forget it because it felt so real to me where I was talking to a friend who had just gotten back from vacation and she'd gone on this lovely yoga retreat in this idyllic location. And she, I was like, how was it? And she was like, everything was perfect. The food was amazing. The hotel was amazing. It was exactly where I wanted to be. But I was PMSing and I couldn't break out of it. I had no patience for anybody. I was in a horrible mood. And I related so deeply to what she was saying where sometimes you can know it's PMS. Sometimes you don't know it's PMS and then you get your period and you're like, well, that explains everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of a How? magical, universally female experience of being like, ah, I see. Yeah. But even when you do, when you're tracking things and you're like, I know exactly how this is, I find my tether, my patience is so short. But it, well, because it doesn't change the experience of it. Like yeah. the awareness, it helps to know that yeah. this thing is happening, but it doesn't actually change the rage. Yeah. 
And I really felt for her in that moment where I was just like, that sucks because I know exactly how you're feeling. Where you're like, I'm in this like mental cage right now and I can't get out of it, even though everything is going fine. For me, it obviously comes up in a big way in parenting where I'm like, why can I not just take a deep breath with my son right now? Getting back to the stigma, I think there's this weird tension of like wanting to explain to the people around me, wanting to say to Chris, like, I'm PMSing right now. I just need yeah. a thing. But then also having grown up in what I now think of as this like very 90s type of environment around like that time of the month and that almost being like a go-to sitcom joke. Oh, like and a like, family matters bit yes. or something of like Laura has her period. So that's like a joke. And just like boys in high school when you were a bitch or like when yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah. like what you were doing, being <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it was the time of the month. And so it was like used against you. So it's like, there's this tension of wanting to be like, this is a very real thing that women experience and also not wanting to provide some ammunition somehow for for people to be like that. But also, to, one, they're like, oh, is it that time of the month and sort of be dismissive? Well, the other thing is it's not even just the PMS and the period and whatever. It's like mm -hmm. women's lives have just this very cyclical nature. And there was some meme and I could not dig it up. And I'm mm -hmm. very sorry. That basically was like, so let me get this straight. Basically, like, one week a month, I'm ovulating. One week a month, I'm PMSing. Mm -hmm. And then one week a month, I have my period. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth week, that's the that's, that's the normal one. Just free and clear, like yeah. super easy. So there's one month mm -hmm. a week that yeah. I'm supposed to just like take advantage of. Are you kidding me? I do have to say, so part of my challenge with some of the other solutions for this that we've been pitched on is that a lot of these companies will say like, we have this program this plan for you to address PMS and the various like hormonal impacts of menstruation. So during week one, you're going to chew this nut bar. And then during your luteal phase, you're going to mix this protein powder into your smoothie. And then during your follicular phase, you're going to take this pill. And I'm like, ma'am, if no, you I, think I, I, I want to, here's what I want. I want to want to know what follicular phase means, <laughs> but I do not. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I have learned, courtesy of Erica Chitty Cohen, friend of the pod, that your luteal phase is is the week you are bleeding. Plenty. That's as far as I'm willing to go. There's a series of yoga classes presented to be my beloved Sky Ting yoga studio mm -hmm. streaming that is for each phase mm -hmm. of your cycle. I've been wanting to take these classes. They're the perfect <laughs> length, but I'm like, I have no idea <laughs> and I'm not going to learn. And so... I've refused to take these classes. I'm sure any of them are fine at any time, right? Yes. But I'm, that, but because I'm like, well, I don't know what my follicular phase is. I've got to do it the right way. No, you feel like you're breaking a rule. Yeah, totally. And then if it doesn't work, you'll know why. It's because exactly. you misjudged what phase you were in. I do think, here's the thing. There is this thing called seed cycling that is an ancient practice of yeah, 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 yeah. adjusting your diet and eating certain things according to what phase you are in. And I am- It's super interesting. It's super interesting. It's and I am too advanced it for me. Effective. I cannot. Yeah. Here's the thing about- Jubilance. So you take the one pill. It's all the same pill every day of the month. It is one active ingredient. And the active ingredient is called oxaloacetate. And they did multiple gold standard clinical trials with double-blinded placebo controls and rigorous peer review before putting this product on the market. And the research from it is actually super fascinating. Okay. So the result of the of this, these clinical trials they did, they said they're the four core mood symptoms associated with PMS, anxiety, irritability, stress, and gloomy mood were all significantly yes. reduced compared to placebo after daily intake of jubilance. So the theory that they came up with is that jubilance improves glucose metabolism in both the brain and body. Studies glucose have shown- Glucose metabolism. Yeah, no, I, this gets super huh. interesting. I'm also just, 
I feel like glucose is such a hot topic right now. A hundred percent. Glucose monitoring, all of it. I, so a thousand I, percent. Oh, you know I lit up when I started reading about <laughs> My wheels were turning. All right. So jubilance improves glucose metabolism in both the brain and the body. Studies have shown that the cerebellum, a part of the brain tied to mood regulation, requires much higher levels of glucose than normal during PMS. Huh. As well, a study has shown that oxaloacetate supplementation to support healthy blood sugar levels. Increased oxaloacetate intake allows the liver to maintain a steady supply of glucose to the cerebellum and simultaneously improve the ability of brain cells in the cerebellum to process glucose more efficiently. Where my brain went is exactly where these experts' brains went. Tell me. This would also explain why a hallmark of PMS is a craving for high-sugar, high-fat foods. Yeah, totally. It also explains why so many women experience temporary relief from these foods, but symptoms return after the sugar crash. Anyway, jubilance, you do take it every day. It's just one active ingredient. You're not having to track your various phases. $10 off at jubilance.com slash a thing or two, or use the coupon code a thing or two at checkout. The other thing we're going to talk about on this episode mm-hmm. is joy, which yes. feels like that like sort of perfect pairing with the like the crank and the grouch and the angst and the impatience and whatever. And the even just like the three months, the three weeks a month that's where it's I, like, that's the thing. This idea that like there's only one week a month when you're where not it's like being you're, jerked around by your hormones <laughs> is actually just life also, right? right? And so it's not even just hormones. It's yeah. the news cycle. It's the this, exactly. it's that, it's everything. Exactly. Yeah. And so- Something you and I were talking about is this idea that I think has bubbled to the top more recently in culture, especially around the pandemic, is like happiness is not a realistic or even idealistic goal to try to achieve. You want to be happy all the time. That's not life. That's not what life is. This comes up in parenting a lot, right? Like your goal as a parent is not for your kids to be happy all the time. This is interesting to me. Yeah, Yeah. because they need to learn to be sad. And it's a very- And to process emotion and to experience emotion in a real way. Which obviously goes against every instinct as a parent. But I mean, and this is also why I love that movie Inside Out, because joy and sadness are best friends. A hundred percent. And they wow, think they're this enemies actually at explains first. this explains everything. Okay, <laughs> keep going. They're enemies at first, and they learn to get along and realize they can't live without each other. Yeah, obviously. And so, if we're not trying to achieve happiness, what is the goal? And the goal should be to like find and notice moments of joy and, and seek and like seek joy. Yeah, because I think it's more than even just noticing; it's like cultivating yes. joy. It's funny because yes, I do think this came up a lot during the pandemic that everybody was like, "But how are you finding joy in your day when you can't go outside and you can't do anything? And you can't and like so mm-hmm. people were." you know, doing their sourdough stars or whatever. Throwing <laughs> scallions on their windowsill. I don't know. What, what were people doing that they thought brought them joy? I Doing just, Zoom birthday parties? What are, <laughs> well, sh- <laughs> the scallions on the windowsill is the saddest, like, make joy moment of all because when I think about it, because mine just turned so slimy and smelled like a baby's diaper. They were disgusting. The scallions on the windowsill, <laughs> they got so much airtime in mainstream media. Everybody became a scallion farmer. Everybody and the like victory garden of it all, like the way that we took this tiny dumb thing that was happening that clearly was not an indicator of anything, but because we were willing to latch on to truly any like thing that felt vaguely hopeful. It's like, what I'm going to cry. It's making me laugh so hard that I'm going to cry because it's also so deep. It's funny because it's so deeply tragic. Like nothing has brought back the sense memory of being in a pandemic as intensely as thinking about how growing scallions (laughs) it was supposed to be life affirming i mean it's like a little bit of wally in here to like get another children's movie in the mix of the the third one in this episode but yeah we were told during the pandemic to be like find joy blah 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 but we were a bit busy pandemicking yeah we were and so i think that like 
the joy had to take a backseat but has resurfaced again. And obviously this is like not a new concept. And obviously joy was like also had a real moment when Marie Kondo got translated into English. Sparking joy. Do these things spark joy? joy. Well, you know what's interesting? But that was like things. That was things. Yeah, well, that was does this thing. But it was, okay. It was one of the first like really mainstream pop culture moments where people were being asked to identify joy, identify joy, like to tune in, have a yeah. mindful moment, yeah. hold up this object and say, is it making you feel joy? Which I think, I, I was, think, yeah, I think it's useful. It's a little bit, I, the thing I keep thinking about, I didn't, I should have written it down, but that Kurt Vonnegut quote, that's like, I implore you that when you are happy to just observe it, to just like remark upon it and say, I'm happy right now. I'm enjoying myself, which I think gets at that same thing of his point is like, it's not going to be all the time. So when it happens, take note. Yeah. Which is a little, you know, I, I think that's a little bit of what this is, this is. Like, just like notice what makes you joyful and enjoy it because you're not, it's not everything is going to do that. The notice what makes you joyful. So a month or two ago, Thomas and I on a Friday went to the MoMA and, mm. oh, we went to see the George O'Keefe exhibit, which was obviously delightful and then found our way to the Matisse room. And I was just like, God, this room is so magical and mm. I just love being here and the color and the this and the that. And like, I like this all so much. And, you know, it's like Red Room, these Mm -hmm. like very, very iconic classic Matisse pieces. But then there's a little bit on the wall, a little write up that calls Matisse one of the great joy givers of the Mm. 20th century. I felt joy givers as a term was so good and so useful. And what is more aspirational than that? To be one of the great joy givers of the 20th century. And I think it also did help me identify what I like so much about his work and what Mm -hmm. like what it's joyful it's joyful yeah and i think i needed someone to maybe just to help tell me that. me that like to be that. like take pause mm-hmm. what you're experiencing right now is joy right yes yeah the other thing i thought about when as we were pondering this topic is that when we started soliciting people's thingies on instagram yeah. and asking people what their thingies were it, it's been interesting to see how people receive the assignment totally and it's kind of runs the gamut to really mundane things, things people already know about, to like this new product that nobody's heard about, or the one that I always love and feels in a lot of ways like it defines thingies for me is the person who talked about going on a walk with a coffee mug and then hiding the empty mug in the bushes and then coming back to pick it up later. Because I think in a lot of ways, what that is, is like, it's a small joy. Yeah. And I think that is like actually just what Instagram thingies is, is people writing in and being like, this is what's bringing me joy right this moment. And, and some- it might be a snack and it might be a Trader Joe's product and it might be like this video and it might be, it might be. Yeah. 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 And so, and that is why they run the gamut in, in terms of sort of the type of thing so dramatically. And every once in a while, someone will respond in the DMs to something and be like, how did they not know about this thing? Or like, you know, it's not quite a neg, but just sort of like a, and what I want to just say is like, it doesn't matter. It's just that. It's not about it being a new thing. Well, and that's the thing. What the point is, that person may have known about that thing forever, but only just now realized how much joy it was bringing them, which I think is part of it. And sometimes people will say something like, Maddie Kahn might come in and talk about the ice cream that she sends herself and you might send yourself ice cream too, or you might like that ice cream and you're like, I haven't ritualized it in this way. Yeah. Because I didn't realize how, just how valuable that joy is to me. Yes, yes. And I think that's kind of I didn't of what's pause so to recognize. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's kind of what's great about thingies is like a lot of times, and on the show too, people will bring us things where we're like, oh yeah, I do that too, or I like that too. I just didn't realize, but you're right, it is such a joy giver. A joy giver. Yeah. I mean, maybe Matisse levels, maybe not, doesn't matter, not a competition, but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Chris and I have this thing, it's almost like an inside joke, 
where if we did something that I just feel so enthusiastic about and I don't know how else to express it, I just say, we loved it. And you do, and you also, <laughs> I you throw, throw up your hands, hands up. your body does like a W, like we loved it. We loved it. <laughs> it's the best way that I know how to, and I'm, I'm using the royal we, but it is also just to be like, we all loved it. And yeah. that is my ultimate exclamation of joy. And that is my ultimate stamp of, we loved it. It brought us joy. It's perfect. I So getting back to the sort of like, what is joy of it all? And I think your inside out explanation is pretty good. But there's a psychology today interview with a woman named Dr. Pamela King, who studied joy. Mm-hmm. And she said in her study, I, I've also noticed that joy is more complex than a feeling or an emotion. It, it is something one can practice, cultivate and make a habit. Joy is not just an individual pursuit, but one that deeply involves our connections with others. We can discover and experience joy in a variety of ways, doing those things we love to do, growing in intimacy or providing for others, and clarifying and coherently pursuing our values. When these domains of the self, others, and values overlap, that is perhaps when we experience the most joy. Mm. I do like this idea that it's like something to strive for, which also separates it from like delight. It delights like almost accidental. It's like a butterfly landing on your arm. It's like the surprise uh, and delight of it all uh-huh, where it's like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, like yeah. look at that thing. I didn't like the marching band you intersect with on the street might be like delight. Whereas yeah. like going to the Philharmonic, if like brings you, you joy, m- brings you joy. Yes. yes, yeah. yes yeah. I don't know. Surprise and delight do go hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, in, yeah. certainly in modern marketing. <laughs> yes. There was this book that came out before the pandemic, but I think it found sort of an audience during the pandemic. Joyful, the surprising power of ordinary things to create extraordinary happiness. One of the things that I remember, I was reading about it at the time because you and I during the pandemic did that episode about color coming oh, yeah. back into trend. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, and it talks about this idea of like bright colors and like a bright color, brightly colored doorway bringing you joy because, it's, you know, you're walking, you're, it's a thing you you come home to and, and people pass it on the street. And like these things that if you can sort of figure out what's making you joyful in that way that you can architect them into your life. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's like talks about surroundings in that way mm-hmm. that I think is like part of the push we're seeing right now against the sort of like beige core mm-hmm. or like whatever. And just yes. like- every home looking like it's meant to be something for everyone as opposed to something for you. And the sort of, yeah, I don't know, the like... The Airbnbification. The The Airbnbification. Yeah. I mean, at best, the like (laughs) grage of it all. Right, right. I read this book called Inciting Joy by Ross Gay. And joy is both the topic of the book, but it's also just his style of writing. Mm -hmm. He's a poet and essayist. And he just like... You can tell that he is a person who cultivates joy mm. and he writes about skateboarding and gardening and basketball. And it's a, like it's a very hard book to describe, but it is one it's of those poems or no, it's essays okay. with also like incredibly long footnotes that are their own okay. stories okay. that okay. are which I is, should read this. Someone sent it to us. Someone else who felt very enthusiastic about it was like, you need to I thought this. it was really great. Okay. And it's the kind of thing where you could just sit down and read one of the essays okay. oh, over nice. an afternoon or whatever. Okay. They're, they're not like so interconnected. Mm-hmm. They're topical. And it particularly talks about joy through hardships and Mm. joy during sadness. And there's a section where he loses his father and talking about like grief and masculinity and joy. This is interesting. And this is another part of the pandemic of it all and why I think it it came up a lot during the pandemic. I remember reading about how in particular for Americans, this was this unique time in a way it wasn't necessarily for other cultures that experience extreme poverty or other just extreme hardships. Because when you look at a lot of those cultures, they are in fact far more joyful than American culture. Yeah. Because people who've experienced great stresses in their life tend to be 
sort of, I don't even want to say better at, but I think it forces you to. more accustomed to, more to accustomed seeking to, joy. Yeah. I have to accept my reality. So all, all I can do in this is, is celebrate the moments that I get, the moments yeah. of joy that I get. Yeah. Can we talk about things that personally bring us joy? Yes. You had talked recently about your Sunday night walks yeah. with Thomas. And I realized after the fact that we do something in my family that has a similar effect, which is Sunday night family movie night. Cute. Which is just like a way of us sort of spending our Sunday nights, always giving something Cam to look forward to, also always holding something over his head. Like, gosh, if you don't behave, I don't know if (laughs) Sunday night family movie night is going to happen. I don't even ever enjoy the movies that much. And half the time I'm putting together our grocery list for the week during them. But I do love one, what you said, like it's, it's something to sort of take place of the Sunday scaries. It's something always to look forward to on a Sunday night. I know that the three of us are going to be together and Cam gets so joyful and so excited about it. And just having that ritual. So the thing that Thomas and I do every night when we eat mm-hmm. at home is we light a candle at dinner. Um, this is great. It, and it it's like, great. It's just, I, I feel it's like, it feels almost embarrassing to say. It feels like <gasps> Absolutely cheesy. not. I think it's deeply aspirational. Um, but I love it. And it does just like, it doesn't matter what you're eating. Yeah. It just like sets that mood and it makes it be like, this is like a joyful thing that we are doing. We are like, we're well, also marking the ritual. It's great. We're, you're marking the ritual. Yeah. And I think people think of it as like, a hard thing to do. You <laughs> know what I mean? something you only do in formal situations. I yeah. do have practical questions about the drip and where it goes. Yeah. Well, I buy beeswax candles and set them on a cork coaster. Cork and coaster. Cork, cork coaster. Basically cork coaster is your answer. Okay. But they're all like dripless candles and yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, that's the answer. But it, yeah, it just like, it makes it, it it's not hard to light well, candles. it says to you like we're doing, this is meaningful. That's part of why it speaks to me is I love the idea of family dinner being a ritual. Yes. And it has been a challenge because we have a toddler, but I still yes. insist on doing it. But I love anything that sort of says like, this is important to us. This is part of what we do. And it starts now. Yes. Yeah. Maybe I should try it. I you wonder, should try it. Yeah. You should try it. It's really, it's less hard than you would think. It's true. It's true. <laughs> the thing that has been bringing me so much joy lately, we should just do a whole episode on it because I think it's been bringing a lot, both of us a lot of joy lately and and for nearly 20 years. New York City. New York. Greatest city. It brings me, I mean, cities in general bring me a lot of joy. Cities. I just love cities. I think they're so interesting and so fun and so exciting. And I love walking outside and being surrounded by people immediately and feeling somehow a com- in community with a bunch of strangers. Yeah. I really value that during the pandemic. I'm loving it right now. I love running into people I know. Oh, yeah. Even when I don't even want to see them, even when they're people I don't like, I love the experience of running into you, people I know. You it know what? So much you joy. do actually really, really enjoy running into people you don't like. It's the same as you liking to know when, if someone's from Delaware. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, yeah, like, it's like, it like doesn't matter. There's no utility to it. No, no, no. There no. is something deeply joyful for me about the coincidence of knowing people in common. The like of, interconnectedness. Yes. Yeah. And the um, serendipity of like two people who know each other running the same errand at the same time who knew. I absolutely get so much joy out of that. And living well, in a city. In community. Faci- yeah. yeah. And living in a city facilitates it. I do think living in a city for me really facilitates a sense of community. You're all reliant on the infrastructure of this insane beast of a city. I You must succumb to it. You must succumb it to it. It will win. Yes. What does Leia say about yeah, the subway? basically that. She's like, New York always wins. So you just like, <laughs> you can't be like, oh, let me check how long it is for And let Uber, me try to game the system yeah. and let me no, know. No, the city will always win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I had a real moment of New York appreciation the other day where I had to take Cam to a doctor's appointment and then drop him off at school. So I was already in the car and I was like, you know, 
I've really been wanting to see this Richard Avedon exhibit that's closing in a couple of weeks. I'm just going to drive to Chelsea right now and see this exhibit. And the exhibit was extraordinary. It was very, very well done. But it was also like they can decide on a whim to go see an Avedon exhibit that, as you pointed out, is free. because It's it was free because gallery. galleries. I'd also like to dedicate a whole episode to galleries because yeah. I think this is an underappreciated topic. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. Galleries, free, wonderful. They, it, you can go for 20 minutes. You don't have to spend three hours. That's supposed to be a whole thing. It's so great to live here. I love this city so much. It's an insane privilege. I also, summer really amps up my love of New York despite the humidity because there's so many block parties and block parties are so joyful to me. Yes. I, it, ultimate sort of like community in a city moment. Yes having DJs playing while all of these strangers are dancing together. It just makes me so friggin' happy. I love it. You know what the other thing, I've please, told you this before, please. that really when I feel like I need to nurture my love of New York please. City, you know when you go to like another city, like you're in Tokyo, say, yes, and you see yes, somebody yes, walking yes. home with their groceries and you're like, how wild that that person is just like doing Lives their grocery here. shopping yeah, in Tokyo. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to remind myself sometimes that I am that person for tourists. That so like, you're like, you step outside of yourself to look in and be like, wow. That when I'm going for a run in Prospect Park or in Brooklyn Bridge Park, and there's people who on their vacation have been like, we have to hit up this location. But for me, it's just the it's place just where you're I'm doing my run daily of the mill. run. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Remarkable. Remarkable. Yeah. Like totally. so lucky to live here. Anyway, totally, that's, totally, that's totally, totally. Mine related to this city thing is the Botanical Garden. Mm. And, and you're very good at treating it like your backyard. Well, here's the thing. I have a membership. And once I have a membership, then you don't have to buy a ticket every time. So you can treat it like your so backyard. So you can treat it like your backyard. So the other day, Thomas and I went to the farmer's market. And then on the way back, he got like an apple cider donut. Mm -hmm. And we were going to like sit outside the Brooklyn Museum. And I was like, no, let's go walk through the botanical garden for 15 minutes, find a bench and like look at the roses and eat your apple cider donut. Delightful. Wonderful. I love it. The other person giving me deep joy. It's not even, a, well, it's a person and and the lifestyle, really. <laughs> a channel, a media it's channel. A, it's a media, it's a media empire, uh -huh. I think. On Instagram, the handle is official Akibra. This guy's name is Akib. He has bunnies and a very serious demeanor. Mm -hmm. He has ba new baby bunnies. Mm -hmm. Very small. Yeah. And he is a very stern, serious, presenting person who often has a small rabbit on his shoulder. And also he, he has like a chin strap beard. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the yeah. buzz cut. Yeah. He's not, I don't want to stereotype bunny he's, owners. He's not like warm and cuddly looking. No. You're not like, yeah. oh, this man like mm -hmm. loves soft, fluffy things. Yeah. He like, it's him, a scowl and bunnies. But then the bunnies <laughs> also do a serious face too that mm. I think perhaps all rabbits do, but you really only notice it when you see it in Cause, context. Because it's like dogs looking like their owners. Exactly. Yeah. The baby bunnies recently celebrated their first Eid. Oh There's just gosh. a lot to follow. There's a lot to follow. <laughs> and one of the things I realized in in like look figuring out like what is joy or what gives mm. people joy, baby bunnies are cited as joy givers. Or mm. baby animals just in general. Mm. Like baby animals, mm -hmm. centuries long history of giving joy. Great, great fact. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Another thing that's giving me joy right now, I'll say it on a hyper-specific level, which is that our podcast network, which is based in Los Angeles in a big office complex, I'll just say it's at the Pacific Design Center, has some sort of parking drama going on right now that is deeply irrelevant to my life. Like true normal gossip stuff. It is so complex. It has been very hard for me to track. It has made no sense to me whatsoever, both the problem and the solution. No, have made no sense. And I am 
so invested in it. I love it because again, it has no impact on my life. And it is for some reason, so funny to me. And you pointed out to me the other day, so we're going to be in LA and we're like, should we try to go there? And you were like, we will have to park. And I was like, that's actually an incentive for me. That is a because sell. It means that's I get in the to, pro column. I get to get closer to this drama because it's truly harmless. Nobody is getting actually hurt, but some people are getting upset about it. But I don't know who any of the people who are no, getting upset no, no, about no, no, it. No. I just know that they are because the emails about it have been deeply passive aggressive and have indicated that there's been some griping without saying that there's been there's some like definitely you know back channel been, conversations yeah. happening that we are not privy to. I absolutely love it. It it is like the sort of thing where for the moment in time where we had corporate jobs and mm-hmm. we would get like certain oh, yeah. emails that would be like oh, clearly there is some drama about mm-hmm. something that we will never know or understand. Yeah. Um, and our window into it is just like too narrow. Um, <laughs> but I would love to know more I about the blender debacle. Like, you know what else is it similar to? I really like to be a joy giver by exposing my group chats who are largely not parents to hyper-specific drama going on at my kid's school. Like forwarding emails. I didn't think this is what you were going to say, What Claire. did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to talk about the Very list host. Similar. Very similar. <laughs> my mother's neighborhood list host. Incredible stuff. It's all so like, good. If there was a paid tier <laughs> yes. that was public, I, the you would subscribers subscribe. would be through the roof. <laughs> through the roof. It's just all hyper-specific, small, like very small community drama that is has no bearing on your life, but is so much fun to get invested in. And you're right that I've never listened to that podcast, Normal Gossip, but I think it is that is exactly what that centers on. Exactly. My thing that is somewhat like this is we're like in the heart of tennis season mm-hmm. right now. And I, I have sensed. a tennis group chat. I didn't know you had a tennis group chat until I saw it's this. called The Honey Deuces. <gasps> and... It is really fun to have this chat that is like pretty quiet most of the mm-hmm. year. Like occasionally mm-hmm. there's like a little mm-hmm. something here and there, mm-hmm. but that is like on during these months. It's great. It's really fun to have it be topical yep. where it's not like we're, it's it's not shooting the shit. Right. It's right, like right. talking about a match that is happening, a match that is mm-hmm. going to happen, who we're rooting for. There's some FMKs going oh, on. Um, like we can talk about how hot Matteo Berrettini is. Mm-hmm. That is relevant content, yeah. but we do that in season. Right. You know what I mean? And nobody's annoyed because it's like, you join the tennis group and we're talking about tennis. We're all interested in this. This is like common ground. Yeah. Like we all like want to be in on this yeah. right now. Um, I like that. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, speaking of seasonal things, it is wedding season. Uh-huh. And I have had some, I've derived real joy from spying on people's weddings recently who I have very loose connections to, if like at all. Tenuous. The most recent one that I really loved, I like truly, <laughs> I'm probably reason. six degrees of separated from. The only thing I can tell you about these people, because I didn't do the diligence of looking into them enough, was that the bride was the owner of Honey High and the husband is some sort of a filmmaker. Gorgeous wedding. They seemed so in love. It feels a little bit like the equivalent of good news accounts where you're like, yeah, we're yeah. just celebrating love and also great taste. Love and taste. <laughs> so <laughs> shout out to those people who had a great wedding. Also, there was a curator named Lolita who married the son of Pamela Hansen, the, ph- the photographer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great wedding. Also great taste. The other thing that, this, <laughs> that these two had in common was in both of these weddings, the husbands were wearing sharp suits that had like detailing, right? Beaded detailing, beaded both ornamentation. Had, both had beading? Both of them. The one, so the the artsy one, the curator marries the photographer's son. 
he was like really, it almost looked like a Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's, Lonely Hearts oh, Club okay. vibe. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so that to me, I didn't clock it as hard because it was just like, oh, that's his style. This is like yeah, quite yeah, a look, quite a costume. It's like not a trending moment. It's just like a thing he's doing. But why I really noticed it with the second one was one, because it was the second time it had happened. And again, this guy's this filmmaker <laughs> because married you're, to the Because you're owner. on the Instagram wedding circuit <laughs> yeah, is I'm what on, you would say. I've been attending a lot of weddings, <laughs> none of them in person. This guy, it was like a super sharp, super sleek, black suit that in other otherwise was just like really minimal sharp and sleek classic classic but had these beautiful i think they were silver beads and a pattern on it they were like little flowers i think just yeah along yeah, yeah, yeah 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 the pants spaced and in like a yeah spaced out yeah it was done so beautifully i should have i have i didn't i'm not it's weird need, you haven't clicked all the work, tags that's the thing i need it's to work weird. harder to have figured out yeah yeah, yeah part yeah, of the yeah. problem was both he and his wife posted so much content that I then didn't have time to like go deeper on the other stuff. But I, it just means I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. I want to thank these people for inviting us in because and bringing so much it. joy. I love, they all seem so in love because of course they are, they're getting married and they're celebrating <laughs> it. And it's still, and then all their friends are so happy. And I love that thing where all brides and grooms are so lost in the moment of like, holy shit, that was the best day of my life. That just euphoria that comes with having all your friends and family in one place and being in love. I think there's also a piece of this you're missing, which is you also love a great wedding guest. Oh, yeah. You love the person who takes over the dance floor mm. and who you're like, what, oh my God, who, yeah, more of this person. <laughs> when I was showing you the <laughs> wedding, it was a real, I had to check myself more because I was like, check out this wedding that I freaking loved. And then we got to a certain place in the slideshow and I was like, and this, this guy. guy just a random fucking guest but he was so much fun like would hire him to be the hype man at my next party he was just killing it on the dance floor he wasn't even a good dancer no he no was it wasn't about that so much and he was like you I love just, dancing at weddings you love seeing people dance at weddings what's not to like what's i love love like? and i love dancing <laughs> and I good was, taste yes and good taste and good taste <laughs> and this wedding had it all okay my last one yes is a bit of a build on the Sunday walk, but it is a walk for an ice cream. So it's not just the walk. It's mm, not just the ice cream. This it's is, a combination of the two. Yes. It is the journey and the destination. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I really tried to make a case with Thomas the other day, mm-hmm. like for why to go out for ice cream when we have Haagen-Dazs mm-hmm. or a lot of Ben and Jerry's in I the freezer. you had to make a case for well, this. Well, not, it was, okay. So it was like rainy. Okay. There was like a 45 minute mm-hmm. window yeah. where it wasn't gonna be rainy that yeah. day. And I was like, can we go? And he was like, dude, is this something we need to do? Right. And I was like, need to do? What is of course not. this nonsense? Yeah. First of all, I want to get out of the house. Yeah. And like walking for an ice cream, going out for an ice cream just feels like the ultimate treat. I mean, it's like such a childhood thing, right? Yes. But then- I think the next leveling of it has been that this summer there feels like there have been more and more gelato places opening specifically. And so that almost gives it that like sensification. Like it is like 35 minutes. And a sense of sophistication, both. Vacation and sophistication. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I have to say, I couldn't agree with you more. And I often lament that there are not more ice cream shops in our neighborhood. And at the same time, I should be grateful because I do think the walk and the walk being just long enough that it's not just like 12 to 19 minutes. Yes. Like there's something to that, that you have to work for it a little bit, that it needs to turn into just on your corner. It's an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, of course, I would like a slice shop and a scoop shop on my corner. Of course. 
at the same time, the fact that they're not means it becomes an adventure. It becomes a ritual. It's an outing. It is an outing. Yeah. Yeah. And a very important one. I love it. I love it. Okay. PMS, Joy. Um, Thank you to Jubilance once again. Legitimately like this product very much. Like the thinking and the work and the family behind it. Try it $10 off at jubilance.com slash a thing or two or use a coupon code a thing or two at checkout. That's J-U-B-I-L-A-N-C-E dot com slash a thing or two. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.